Welcome to Iron Radio. Coming up, remembering the 1980 Boston Marathon. Some people tell me, you know, if we wouldn't have known you won Boston, you know, if we would have that happened. So I guess people still talking about me and what they did uh, that I won Boston. So uh, it doesn't bother me too much besides, you know, not being able to be celebrated right away. How a kilt run takes over the streets of a small town. I guess the atmosphere of it just, um, you know, everyone's so nice. And after after the first year, they I guess they kind of just they recognize me. So um, it's always nice to go back and see them. And it, it really gets better every year. And um, I just, I love to go back. Trying to run 150 kilometers in three days. You're really spending a lot of time with the runners uh, as you go through it and, and get to know them. And uh, everybody wants to see everyone do well. I mean, this is about accomplishing it and getting through. And um, even the, the front runners are out there cheering you on. And uh, uh, really a great camaraderie, I've, I've found, anyways, as a, as a group. So fun to do. On this edition of I Run Radio, after the death of Rosie Ruiz, who notoriously cheated in the 1980 Boston Marathon, we'll talk to the winner of that race, Jacqueline Garot. What is it like running a race in a kilt? And one story from the Bad Beaver Ultra, a 150K race in Gatineau Park. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of iRun, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. How has your week been? A lot of running, I tell you. That's getting, good. Getting in ship-shop shape. My marathon is coming up soon, and uh, yeah, I think I'm ready. I'm also watching Rocky. The, the, the Rocky series has been back on television recently. And, uh, you know, you forget how motivating, like a piece of motivation is important. So it's getting me, I'm starting to get my, my physical is about ready, and I'm starting to get my mental about ready. So uh, bring it on. Yeah. Well, remind us what marathon you're doing again. I'm doing the Erie Marathon in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, it's September 9th, I want to say, or something. And it's uh, it's, it's a popular race um, for Canadians in this neck of the woods or in the, the Toronto area. It's not that far away. And uh, it's in September. So, you know, it gets hard for me to run the Toronto Marathon because we're so active around that weekend that I find when I was younger, I could work the expo booth and then yeah. go out and run a marathon and, you know, mow the lawn and do all sorts of things. <laughs> but these days, you know, these days, you know, I'm trying to, uh, trying to set myself up to succeed. Yeah, that's a good thought. I, I remember, uh, you know, going back when we first launched iRun, standing in the booth at uh, the Mississauga Marathon Expo for two whole days, on my feet for eight hours a day, and then on the Sunday morning going out and running my fastest marathon ever. I don't think I could do that anymore. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's exciting. So everything is, uh, you know, and everything is more or less on pace, and I'm feeling good. I don't necessarily have a time goal that I need to hit, but I would like to, you know, I'd like to come in under, let's just say I'd like to come in under 315 and perhaps, uh, you know, as I get towards the end, still maintain some sort of uh, composure. Now, you mentioned the Rocky movies, which are very motivational, very inspiring. Do you, When you're out running, do you get that soundtrack in your head? Have you got the, have you got the music kind of playing in your head while you're running or some of the images from the movie? The funny thing about that is, is I don't seem to be able to control that. You know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I could put my music on and that can really 
give me a bolt. Sometimes I, I won't take the music out of my pocket, and sometimes you know I'll, I'll try and I'll put it on, and it'll give me a headache. And other times it does. So it, it's really one of the things about this sport that I the same thing. You know, I don't know how many times I've done this now, but the same thing never happens twice. You know, yeah. every single race. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, and I can't call it in on demand. Okay. Somehow it works unconsciously. Yeah. Do but do you, have, do you have that thing, though, when you're running and all of a sudden a song pops into your head? For example, uh, my, I've gotten my kids into the Beatles recently because we went to see okay, that movie nice. yesterday, which is, Ooh, was a yeah. lot of fun. And so yeah. I have this greatest, you know, this four-disc greatest hits compilation of the Beatles, and and I've put it on in the car, and and my kids now are really into Beatles music for for the moment, cool. and uh, and so we've been listening to a lot of Beatles, and then I go for a run, and all of a sudden I discover that in my head I'm hearing "Obladi Oblada" over and over again, or I'm hearing mm, that's you know a good one. "Hey yeah. Jude" or whatever, you know. So, and you you can't really you know whether it's while you're running or something else, you can't really control what song it is that sticks in your head when you get an ear, earworm, and uh, but the the thing I notice is. The rhythm of your feet hitting the ground, the rhythm of running, really contributes to it. So it's a lot harder to let it go, right? You know, I and I something like that too. These miraculous moments, I really love that. And especially when I was younger, and, and maybe hopefully I can get this again. And I, geez, this is like the nostalgic show because I keep talking about when I was younger. But I do when I got my uh, PB in the half marathon in Vancouver. I remember very distinctly that, like, I was really pushing myself, like, at, you know, 18, 19K, and I was singing out loud, you know, like, think about me what you will. I'm in my own place right now, you know, and I'm doing whatever I can to sort of survive and to do this and to push on. And I was like, and I used to do things like that, and I was just, like, singing and, like, screaming and going and, like, making a whole making a whole scene you know but it was like but that's I, that's how you should do it you know yeah. it's your day you know you can <laughs> i mean obviously not at the duress of other people but like if you're singing or if you're running or if you need to yell at yourself and keep going like you know that's cool that's you know your race day should not be uh another tuesday in february you yeah. know you should really go for it and whatever it takes you know i think I think that's cool. Seize the moment, for sure. Hey, speaking of uh, seizing the moment and uh, doing what it takes on race day, how about uh, Natasha Wodak finishing uh, in a Pan Am record time and winning the gold medal at the Pan Am Games? Oh, so unbelievable. Such a friend of the magazine and the community and so accessible. and, And she has just found another gear which has been unbelievable. And the other thing about her success is she didn't equate her, you know, her her successes really over the last, I guess you could say, year now, year and a half. I mean, maybe it's peak right now. But it wasn't that she trained harder. It was that she was enjoying it more. She herself was happier, not pushing herself harder. She, you know, all of these elites at that level are pushing themselves. Sure unbelievably hard but that's somehow that's not enough you need that piece that like you're actually enjoying this thing and uh her successes are something that you know i don't know when the last time we saw something like yeah. this such an incredible story congrats to her and to rachel cliff who uh, finished with the bronze medal in that race as well it's a great day for canada ben thank you so much good luck as your training continues for the erie marathon we'll talk to you next week appreciate it my friend
That's Ben Kaplan, Iron's editor and general manager. Coming up next, Boston Marathon champion Jacqueline Garreau. Travel to Edmonton this August to run the Friendly Marathon. Why? The Service Edmonton Marathon Race Weekend has events for the whole family. A Boston Qualifier Marathon, Half Marathon, Army 10K, 5K, and ABC Kids event. This event takes pride in being more personal, more genuine, more fun. Be in Edmonton, August 17th and 18th, and enjoy running in great temperatures, soak in the River Valley views, and the amazing energy as you race through downtown towards the finish line. Register at edmontonmarathon.ca. Most people know the story of the 1980 Boston Marathon. Rosie Ruiz crossed the finish line first, but was later found to have taken a shortcut. So more than a week later, Canadian Jacqueline Garreau was declared the winner. This week, we learned that Rosie Ruiz had passed away last month. Jacqueline Garreau joins us on I Run Radio. Thank you for being with us. Oh, it's a pleasure, Mark. Uh, and and look, your story is inextricably linked with the story of Rosie Ruiz. Um, and and uh, I wonder how you feel about that, uh, given the news this week that she has passed away. Mm-hmm. The fact that you that your two lives were were very much connected because of what happened at the Boston Marathon. Yes, I think so. Uh, she's. I guess I. I felt a little bit uh, for her when I heard that. It's not a great, uh, you know, it's, it's not great what she did. But you know, I I read about uh, the um, the called the obliterary uh, when they talk about what what she did in her life, and she had uh, she loved her, her family, and she was a loving person, and she she even studied the music, and so. I guess she's a very sensitive person, but uh, some part of our life maybe was a little weird, you know, like what happened in Boston. And uh, sometimes uh, people uh, react like that, and it's a period in their life, maybe a tough period for her. So I felt sad and uh, some empathy, really, because she was battling for 10 years uh, cancer so yeah. that, that's probably not not easy yeah and and many people had very strong feelings about what happened at the Boston Marathon of course and and they felt that that she stole something from you uh, that that it was horribly unfair and obviously she did the wrong thing uh, but uh, but did you did you get past that and and did you essentially forgive her for what she did Yes, uh, it would have been nice for her to just say, "Oh, I made the 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 biggest mistake. You know, I shouldn't have done that." It would have been nice, but I I don't understand why she was not admitting that she didn't run. That I will will not understand. Maybe she believes she did it. You know, maybe she some kind of illnesses or something. Um. But then uh, myself, you know, I I think, you know, like some people tell me, you know, if we wouldn't have known you won Boston, you know, if it would have happened. So I guess people still talking about me and what they did, uh, that I won Boston. So it hasn't bothered me too much besides, you know, not being able to be celebrated right away. Yeah. That's really the only thing you lost was that the, the chance to be, 
to to be the winner that day and to receive That's right. yeah, yeah. Uh, but but ever since then of course you you've had kind of a special status right I, I yeah I had a lot <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of recognition you know so uh, you know and then Boston celebrated me for 25 years afterward uh, you know I was received like uh, a real winner across the finish line, you know, doing the last hundred, and people, uh, you know, they gave me another medal. So I, I got a lot, of, a lot of stuff to remember, and a lot of people to talk with, and uh, uh, friendship, uh, you know, even friendship, you know, because uh, people are so empathetic about that that they would become almost friends. Yeah. So, for me, you know, it's it's really sad for her that more than me. Yeah, it seems like because of this, uh, this was attached to her uh, for the rest of her life. This was uh, something that she had to, uh, in some ways, hide from. And, and yeah, in you know, some that's, way, that's yeah, kind of sad, isn't way, it? Yeah, and I, I do believe, you know, working, uh, working, and. In massage therapy, energetically, also I work with energy, you know, because I know blockages come with emotions and stuff like that, you know, something that's not going well inside us, you know. So uh, I guess, you know, it's it's not a good thing, you know, to to, to feel like you've been doing something wrong. Yeah. So I, you know, I recognize that uh, we try to really feel good most of the time and think well and be proud of ourselves of what we did. So that for me, for me, it's very important. But you've always had that outlook, haven't you? You've you've always been a positive person, and and the times that I've talked to you before, you you've never spoken with bitterness about what happened. You've you've always talked about it uh, in in a very open minded way, in a very generous and forgiving kind of way. Yes, because um, it it was not my fault, uh, and I I did well, and I did the time I wanted to do and it was a course record and so for me everything went all right besides you know just not being received as a winner so I'm happy I'm happy with the reason why I, I train also because I train to to reach my goals and I reached my goal that day so uh, I have nothing to be sorry much. Yeah. I understand you actually met Rosie Ruiz a couple of years Mm -hmm. after the Boston Marathon, is that right? Yeah, I met her in Florida after finishing the Orange Bowl 10K. And uh, she came to me and um, mentioned her name. She said, I am Rosie Ruiz. And and so I didn't know what to, to say really to her. I said, why did you do that? You know, I, I wish she would have said, well, what a mistake I made. But no, she said, I won, and I know I, I, I ran this marathon. So I didn't really discuss too much with her afterward. Okay. But that's the only time you spoke after the yeah. race in 1980. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad story in the end, really. Yeah, it's, I think it's sad. Everything that's not positive in, in 
and inner and you is not good for your health. So I think it's very important. If I have a message to say, it's really that. Take care of yourself. Be vigilant to what you think and what you put in your mind. And it's the same time when you want to succeed in sport. You've got to give yourself the good message that you are strong, that you, uh, you know, all positive affirmations. You know, that's when I give lectures. That's one of my secrets. And give us an update on how you're doing now. I know you're you're actually uh, planning to run a 10K very soon, and um, mm-hmm. in spite of some injuries that you've had, so you're still running and running well? Yes, um, I'm doing quite good, you know. It's not just running, I'm biking. Um, in the winter, of course, I cross-country ski because it's, it's really something I like to do. But uh, I'm... I feel in a, a very healthy uh, right now. Uh, my knee is better. I got some stem cell therapy that uh, I think seems to be good right now. So it takes a year before we really know the result completely because it has to be uh, the regeneration to, uh, to make uh, more cartilage. So that happens within a year. But you know, I got that in April, and it's already better. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, have a good knee for quite a long time now with that uh, procedure. So it's it's going to be fun to, to do my first 10K. I don't expect, you know, the, the so fast, but uh, my last training were pretty satisfied. I'm pretty satisfied with it. I'm 66. And uh, I think I can do tempo quite easy at five minutes per K. So it's good for me right now. Good for you. I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. excited for you. That's uh, It's great that <laughs> you're you. still running. Now I, I love running, you know, so uh, as long as I can, I will run because it's a, it's a feeling that uh, it's so good to me. Yeah. And you know that's great. I, I'm glad you still love it. You, you were you were a competitive athlete, and and you won, and you and you had to train very hard for for all that you did as a competitive athlete. And sometimes people leave that behind when when they don't have to compete anymore, and they, they yeah, I know. But me, no. Yeah. I, if either I go in the world in the woods, I go. Sometimes if it's a workout on the asphalt, that's not my best training. The asphalt because I think. I prefer to be in the woods, but sometimes when I need to do the quality work, it's fun to test. I still feel good testing myself, so <laughs> I yeah. guess uh, I still like, you know, the, the feeling of going fast enough to feel this exhilaration uh, or extation, excitement, I mean, some yeah. excitement of feeling good with with what you're doing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's still into me, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Can you believe that next year it's going to be 40 years since you won the Boston Marathon next yeah, April? Yeah, in April, that's right. Oh, behind my mind, if my knee's good, I'm always telling me, oh, maybe that will be my last marathon. So we'll <laughs> see. Okay. My, well, my, my husband, uh, which is... Uh, Always the one who gives me good advice says, mm, I'm not sure you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you'll be in Boston for the 40th anniversary. It's, it's, very, it's a possibility. Okay. I and, guess. 
And what what do you remember from from that? Not just from that day, but from that whole experience. What stands out to you? What do, what memories do you cherish from that time? Oh my! I cherish. You know, I did it many times. The course, uh, the marathon, uh, the Boston Marathon. So I cherish uh, the people um, being there, cheering us so much. Uh, the atmosphere is very good there. Um, so this is a great experience just doing a marathon there because of that. Um, the other is, um, I don't know, uh, running with my competitors was, is, is, was good, uh, was good to me. Uh, I love doing it. I think it's, and we, I got a lot of friendship with, you know, with my competitors, you know, afterward, uh, we were talking, having fun, dancing sometimes. It was a good time. At that time, you know, there was a lot of parties afterwards, and <laughs> even before sometimes. And um, it's, it was relaxed in some way. And the, the better that they won, but uh, doesn't mean we, we, we didn't have fun together. You know, we, we en- I enjoyed the friendship that I built through the competition. Well, Jacqueline, it is a great pleasure to speak to you again. Uh, congratulations again on Thank all you. that you've done, uh, not just as the 1980 Boston Marathon champion, but throughout your career. And good luck in this 10K you have coming up. I'm very excited for <laughs> you to be... You. Hey, it's not so important. I think the sure. most important would be to be there and enjoy, uh, enjoy running with all the other people. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Mark. That is 1980 Boston Marathon champion Jacqueline Garot. Coming up next, the five-time winner of the Perth Kilt Run. Travel to Edmonton this August to run the Friendly Marathon. Why? The Service Edmonton Marathon Race Weekend has events for the whole family. A Boston Qualifier Marathon, Half Marathon, Army 10K, 5K, and ABC Kids event. This event takes pride in being more personal, more genuine, more fun. Be in Edmonton August 17th and 18th and enjoy running in great temperatures, Soak in the River Valley views and the amazing energy as you race through downtown towards the finish line. Register at edmontonmarathon.ca. The Perth Kilt Run is coming up on August 17th. Just a few months ago, the 2016 edition of the run was confirmed as the largest kilt run in history. 3,670 participants all running in kilts. We are joined by the five-time winner of the event, Kieran Day. Kieran, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. So for those people who have never seen this or experienced it or read about it, can you describe the kilt run? What is the, the Perth kilt run exactly? It's just uh, just your average run. Well, not your average run, but um, in the small town of Perth, and uh, everyone just wears, wears kilts, and uh, it's, they have the, the whole festival going on with it, and very Scottish feel. Right. And they set a record a few years ago, because I guess there are kilt runs in other places, and this was the biggest at one time, right? Yes, yeah. I think, actually, they just got it back. I think they uh, got it back a few months ago. But, yeah, they. Um, I can't recall the exact number, but um, within the small town, it feels... It feels like a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it does. So what attracted you to this event? Well, I did a lot of road races, and um, I was just always looking for something something different. And my father sent me the, the link to it, and uh, it was exactly what I was looking for, just something 
that I've never seen before. So tell me a little bit about your running background, how you got into running and other races that you've done before you started uh, this little niche area of winning these kilt races. Well, my grandfather and father were both runners, and they got me into it a very young age. As long as I can remember, I was doing uh, uh, road races, and then I, you know, I trained throughout high school, and then I started with the, the track club here in Ottawa, and I just continued on. I'd always done... You know, throughout high school, I went. We did. I was on the track team, and then after that, we start. I was with the Lions, and then we were doing you know provincials and nationals, and so it's always been it's always been something that I've loved to do and pursued. And what is it that you like about running? Um, I love the I love the individual competitiveness of it, but I also love the uh, the fact that I can just I can just go out and do it at any point and. Um, it just provides a lot of stress relief for me, and it just helps me in just about everything I do. So you did the kilt run the first time. Did you did you win it that year? Uh, yes, yeah. I won it the first year that it that it kicked off, and then I won it the next. I did it five years consecutively after that. Okay, and and you you won it five times. Yeah. And so what does it feel like running in a kilt as opposed to the way, you know, the the way you would normally run, dressed in normal running gear? Honestly, not too different. Um they're they're a bit of a they're a bit of a lighter kilt, so it really just feels like running in long shorts. Okay. It's so very, very you, nice. Yeah, you say it's a lighter kilt because when I think of a kilt, I think of something really heavy and woolen and and that doesn't feel conducive to running. Yes, no, they're, uh, I'm not sure of the exact fabric, but it, it is, um, they're, they're quite light. So it's, you definitely don't get weighed down, though. No. Yeah, and, and of course, they're, they're free-flowing, right? I mean, they're not restrictive. Yes. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. So, uh, what did it, the first time you put it on and, and, and ran with it, did, uh, what, what kind of reaction did you have? Uh, I, I really loved it. It was, uh. It was definitely different, but that, I mean that was exactly what I was going for, and I pretty much just looked forward to every time after that putting it on to race again. And do you prepare for that in any way? Do you do you train with a kilt on? Uh no. I just I like to I like to keep it on only for the the time that I race. Okay. So, what other unusual events have you done? Have there been others that you you've been attracted to because you look for something different? That's probably the the most different one. I like doing um, some trail trail races in the ski slopes in Gatineau. I've tried a few of the the Spartan races and stuff like that, but the Kill Run is definitely the best the best one that I've found. And when did you realize in that first race that you actually had a chance to win the whole thing? The first race was actually probably the closest one. I uh, there was a guy who I was. Uh, ran against in high school, and uh, we were. It was. It was probably into the the last kilometer where that I kind of thought I had the chance. And now you're coming back as a five time champion. What What does that feel like? I uh, I'm not sure if I'll be if I'll be racing it this year. I think this year I might be uh, might be running it for fun. Okay. But um. It's every time I go back, you know, it's a, uh, it's always nice because they they treat me so well, and it's 
the community is amazing. And uh, since it's such a small town, like uh, just everyone kind of, they all, they all treat us so well. Can you describe the, the spectacle? I know you're at the front of the pack, so you're not looking back and seeing everything, but uh, but what, the, the spectacle of, of all of these people running in kilts, hundreds, even thousands of people all running a race in kilts, what does that look like? Um, it's an amazing sight to see. Um, I mean, I've seen pictures of from the front back, and it's, a, it's an incredible view. And it's really something else when you're there and just seeing everybody in kilts in this beautiful town and it's I really don't know how else to put it but it's amazing and I take it the town is a part of the story here as well right the fact that you're running in Perth which is a nice small historic community uh, and a friendly welcoming place as well yes yep exactly and yeah the name ties back to uh, Perth in Scotland so I know they, they run it with the, uh, the Perth in Australia as well too Right. As one. So, yeah. That's where the whole competition is over who's got the biggest kilt race, right? Between yeah, some yeah. of these different communities. Um, so what made you keep coming back? I guess the atmosphere of it. Just, um, you know, everyone's so nice. And after after the first year, they I guess they kind of just they recognize me. So um, it's always nice to go back and see them. And it, it really gets better every year. And um, I just... I love to go back, and I mean, even just to watch it, it's a it's a great spectator. It's great for spectators there, and there's so many people. And why are you thinking that you'll just sort of run the event this year and not race it so much? I I mean, over the past year and a bit, I've taken um, I haven't been training as hard specifically. Like I've kind of taken a step back, and um, I just like to get. Well, I'd, I'd like to do it with my girlfriend, just kind of uh, get a different kind of perspective this year. Kind of start in the middle of the pack and, you know, just have, have more fun and just kind of experience it that way. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's the kind of event where you can have a lot of fun while you're running it. Yes. Yeah. So and, what does it mean to be a five-time champion of this event, though? Because it, you, to to win an event five times is a, is a pretty big deal. That's a That's a... That's a big number. I never really felt about it like that, but yeah, um, it feels really cool, especially with this event because um, I guess it takes place in such a small town that I, don't know, I feel like when I go there, I get recognized, and it's just um, I mean, even outside of when the event's going on, so it's just a really cool feeling, and I um, I just love to see the like go there and just see them every time. So you're a little bit of a celebrity in Perth, Ontario, because you're the five-time winner of the Perth Kilt Run. Yes, it does feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, Kieran. Congratulations, and uh, good luck in this year's event. It'll be a different experience for you this time around, unless you get the temptation to run fast and, and go for it again. Thank you so much for joining us on iRun Radio. Awesome. Thank you for having me. That's Kieran Day, the five-time winner of the Perth Kilt Run, which is coming up on August 17th. Just ahead, tales from a 150-kilometer race over three days. Travel to Edmonton this August to run the Friendly Marathon. Why? The Service Edmonton Marathon Race Weekend has events for the whole family. A Boston Qualifier Marathon, Half Marathon, Army 10K, 5K, and ABC Kids event. This event takes pride in being more personal, more genuine, more fun. Be in Edmonton, August 17th and 18th, and enjoy running in great temperatures, 
Soak in the River Valley views and the amazing energy as you race through downtown towards the finish line. Register at edmontonmarathon.ca. The Bad Beaver Ultra is a 150-kilometer, three-day event in Gatineau Park near Ottawa. We are joined by one of this year's participants from a couple of weeks ago, Brian Lawless. Brian, welcome back to I Run Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. Always a pleasure. So what made you decide to take on 150 kilometers over three days? Um, well, last year I did a stage race for the first time. Uh, uh, similar format, just different distances, and uh, tried it out, really enjoyed it, enjoyed the camaraderie, and enjoyed uh, the challenge of uh, running each day. So, you know, just another way to challenge yourself and en- enjoy the experience as you, as you go through it. So. And, and this one was local too, as well, which was uh, fantastic. Get to experience and explore all of Gatineau Park as part of this uh, particular race, the Bad Beaver Ultra. So, really nice. Yeah. So, what is different about uh, a multi-day race for you, a multi-day event, compared to a marathon or a half marathon or even an ultra marathon? Yeah. So, so this isn't about speed. Um, you, you know, as as I get a little bit older and. Um, you know, less worry trying to focus on speed. This is more about the experience. So, um, you're there together with the other group of runners uh, to get through the challenges of the day, if you will, and and to repeat it the next uh, day. So, um, it's a you'll find typically that there's very few young runners, and most of the average ages in the 40 or 50s people are looking at some of the multi-day stage racing now and. It's it's a niche still, but uh, probably one that's growing bit by bit. There's more races that I'm hearing about uh, each year. So, and how different a challenge is it, uh, given that you know the first day you're running more than 50 kilometers, and then the next day you got to run 75. When normally people, the day after a marathon or an ultra marathon, they're probably going to take a couple of days off. What what's different about that experience, and how do you prepare for it? Yeah, so obviously you need to be able to do the day's distance, and and, and that's fine. Um, but what's uh, different here is I think uh, the, the second day, third day, you need to be able to get up and still feel like you can run. So, so that automatically kind of takes out the speed part of it, if you will. Um, you know, you're, you're pacing yourself. You're making sure that your nutrition is spot on through, you know, before, during, after. You're eating properly in preparation for the next day. It's a lot about self-maintenance in a lot of ways, too. Um, you're almost training, although very long distances, for three full days. And what, what do you need to do to be ready to do each day? Uh, obviously, after three days, you're, you're quite ready for a break. But, um but it's quite amazing, I think, what the, the human body can do each day if uh, if you prepare and plan plan well for it um, too as well. So, did you do a lot of back to back long runs when you were preparing for this? Yeah, that's the idea. Is um, you know, I think you've got to be prepared to run on tired legs, and um, uh, the weekends uh, tend to get uh, towards that end. And uh, um, I, I never went. 75 in preparation, uh, but you know there's a lot of uh, kind of middle distance uh, length runs uh, to get in there and just uh, be able to run it. Um, I run every day just because I enjoy doing that, and I just some days you know you find uh, that back to back preparation does help uh, just for doing an event like like this for myself. So um, it's interesting. I mean, this was also semi self supported that you had to carry your own gear. And food uh, for each day, with the exception of uh, a tent and dinner too. So, 
in addition to just running, I had a 12 or 13 kilogram backpack uh, to, to run with each day. So a further added challenge in this case. So very different. Yeah, but, so that's that's a backpack with something like 25 to 30 pounds in, in it, right? Well, not quite that much, but, you know, you're trying to minimize it still. And they provided the dinners, which was great, and some great local restaurants like La Fougere and stuff like that that really uh, um, supported our effort and uh, did, you know, tremendous food. So really enjoyed that part of it. But um, hard to get used to running with a backpack. I don't think anybody goes out and deliberately trains each day with a heavy backpack. That's not the most enjoyable thing to do, but but you can do it. And uh um, it, in the end, uh, getting the right backpack to do it made all the difference, uh, I think, for me anyways, personally. So it was fun. But when you're uh, out there running 75 kilometers on the second day, you've, you've got to be, you've got to have a lot of stuff with you, right? You've, you've got to yeah. have some food. Uh, you've, you've got to fuel up. You've got to have hydration with you, all, all of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, they provide water about every 10 to 12 kilometers, um, approximately. Um, you provide your own breakfast, so eat as much as you want beforehand to get ready, and then whatever uh, specific nutrition you want during the day, supplemented probably some, by some real food, but limited by how much you can carry, obviously, too, as well. So um, it's an interesting format, uh, definitely, for sure, and a different experience. So, um, but it's good. And the experience, really, I think, was uh, the theme that kind of came out uh, running this whole event and small race. I mean, we were... I don't think more than 20 or 22 runners this year. A number of last-minute uh, cancellations. I think when you probably go this distance, if you're not quite ready, there's more of a, uh opportunity, I guess, to say, okay, maybe not this year, and uh, step back because you do need to be ready uh, to do each day and, and, and go from there. So, yeah. Um, and then, and then you actually slept in the park. Uh, was that was that yeah, what happened? It's, uh, it's camping. The first two nights, um, you go out on the Wednesday, um, the night before we started, and you camp. They provide the tents, uh, so you didn't have to carry that part. You provide the sleeping bag and pad. Um, uh, essentially, we had four man tents and uh, uh, four to a tent. I should say they were very generous in the size of the tent, so that was great. Uh, but we were, we were camped out, um, and uh, like I said, they provided the dinner, which was fantastic, and um, the camping was fun because you really get to know runners. Uh, it's different, and that's what's, I think, different than uh, like a road marathon or half marathon, as you are saying, is you're really spending a lot of time with the runners uh, as you go through it and, and get to know them, and uh, everybody wants to see everyone do well. I mean, the, the this is about accomplishing it and getting through. And um, even the, the front runners are out there cheering you on. And uh, uh, really a great camaraderie I've, I found anyways as a as a group. So fun to do. From and what was what was the running actually like? You were you were running on trails in Gatineau Park. Yeah, it's all trails. It's all technical trails with a few just minor connecting points just on roads where we had to, but. Um, most of the trails are are well marked and easy. Some are technical single track, um, but a lot of them are uh, converted service roads, things like that that um, have been used. And when you go that far, you've got a lot a lot of opportunity to connect with various roads. And uh, some of them are just dead simple to run on, and you just got to get through it. But they're not flat. There's a lot of up and down and rolling. Others um, have more stones and roots and uh, things like that that uh, tend to be more technical. Um, Includes some of the things like uh, Wolf Trail, which uh, many of the listeners will be familiar with from Gatineau Park. And so definitely 
different challenges and um, need to be ready for, for it all effectively, I guess, uh, overall. So a lot of fun. Yeah, and, uh, and I recommend it to anybody that's interested, for sure. When you run that far and you've got 50 kilometers one day, 75 the next, uh, do you does it feel like it, you're running forever? Does it get grueling at times or do you just kind of settle in because you know you're going to be running for a long time? Um, you do settle in for a bit. Um, I personally found the afternoons, the, the heat was probably my biggest challenge. Um, on the long day, we started at 530 in the morning. So, you know, so we had a good four or five hours before it started getting warm. And, and, and that was fantastic because you, you got to cover a lot of distance fairly early on and get that done. But once you get the afternoons, uh, you know, you really had to hydrate, slow down. If that meant you had to walk more, so be it. You know, you, 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 your goal is to get through uh, to the end and, and be able to go from there. So, um, But it's all about self-maintenance and uh, just thinking about uh, – so it's different. It's not a traditional race for sure, but it's, it's definitely a, an interesting emerging format, if I could call it that. Yeah. Now, I know you got injured, and uh, you, you ran into a bit of an issue, and that can happen sometimes, but what, just describe the overall experience for you of being part of this event and, and, and being, being able to participate in a multi-day event like this one. Yeah. Well, I didn't make it to the finish line, unfortunately. Oh, I no. um, had a bad step on a rock on in the second day, so um, so that limited where I got to. But um, but I was ready to to do the whole thing in, in that sense. And um, uh, everybody, uh, in, in, I think, of, other than a few minor uh, reasons for people stepping out, I think everyone else uh, was able to finish, which was great. Um, no, really uh, great um, as a person who likes a different challenge, um, if you will, and. Uh, um, it's amazing to see that you can get up the next day and still feel okay and move on and, um, and say different challenges and um, really get a lovely chance to get to know uh, Gatineau Park and all the beauty. It really hits all the highlights, the lookouts, um, various points, and uh, um, a lot of fun. And, you know, you spend a lot of time with runners and not, you know, at the edge of your limit. So, you know, a lot of it's conversational pace. So you really get to know the other runners. I think that part, uh, you know, I think it was probably one of the more rewarding and just getting to know the various people and where they're from and what brought them there and things like that. So definitely people came from all over the world to our little corner of the world over here for this. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And and it's it's always disappointing when you can't finish the, the event because of something like that. But that's part of the challenge of this sort of thing, isn't it? It is, and you know, it's you can't control what's going to happen. Um, it, you know, but you know, I think just looking at it, will I do another one? Absolutely. You know, I just that's kind of maybe a direction I've gone, and just enjoy it, just because I enjoy getting back out in the woods and and stuff like that. But the, the multi-day, um, uh, they're starting to see more of that out there, and they don't all have to be extreme. I think some of the challenges just being able to do it day after day and uh, last year I had a chance to do one um, uh, seven stages in eight days you know kind of thing and yeah. um, less distance each day but same idea and uh, and again you get to know the people and uh, people just want to see you succeed in the end and it really brings out I think some of the better nature of runners and why we do this in the first place and you know, I think that's that's really fantastic. And you run every single day. You've been running every day now for uh, more than a year, almost two years, right? Yeah, I'm at uh, day 565, so um, it's definitely getting on. I started 
didn't start it on January 1st. That would be too easy for the math, I guess. But, um, uh, you know, as as an older runner, I just find for myself, uh, just because I'm focused on different things, that, you know, just knowing I'm going to go out and every day just gets me out the door. And I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do every day, but I know I'm going to do something. And some days are just, you know, a nice short run and you just get out and you feel better and just you move more than anything. And I just find for me it works well. It's not for everybody, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be for everybody. You know, right on. Yeah, it's great. And highly encourage if anyone wants to try it for a while. It's uh, more and more people trying that too. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Brian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, great, Mark. Always great to talk to you. And, and thanks for doing what you do and bringing this out to our running community. Really appreciate it. <laughs> That's Brian Lawless of Ottawa. Coming up in the weeks ahead on iRun Radio, tips for surviving in the summer heat and the inspiring story of why one runner decided to do a marathon dressed as Batman. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.